Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Sportsish with Elisa Hernandez. On last week's episode, I paid tribute to the one and the only Kobe Bryant on Sportsish. And to close out Mamba Month, I have a special guest. You might have heard his voice coming over the PA for the Los Angeles Lakers games, Sparks games, LAFC, and the South Bay Lakers. I want to welcome my friend Jason Baccaro to the show. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Lisa. What's up? Thanks for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) I know, right? It's been a long time since we've been working together. Um, But there was a lot of moments that I want to touch base on this podcast uh, because I feel like me and you have had a very interesting career here in LA <laughs> to say the I'm least suddenly, I'm suddenly regretting coming on this podcast I know where we're going with this don't, no, don't, don't, don't. But I'm saying, no, no, but we, you, you're right though I think you are right go ahead I'll right? let you finish your thought I'm saying though because we have really kind of been all over the place sometimes people look at my resume they're just like you've covered baseball soccer college professional and it's just like yeah but like I don't to me it does I don't I guess I don't I don't feel the the weight of it all when I've worked for the Lakers, I've worked for the Dodgers, I've worked right. doing X, Y, and Z. And I feel like you're kind of in that same place because you've worked for basically every major franchise in Los Angeles, with the exception of hockey, <laughs> realistically. You know what? I actually did. I actually interned for the LA Kings when I was in oh. grad school. So even though I wasn't over the voice, I, right. I did intern. So now right. I can actually say I have almost worked for everyone. I'm saying though. So I feel yeah. like we we hustle our way. And I mean, yeah. sports is just a way to give athletes voices on here. But I talk a lot about my career and I talk a lot about my stories and kind of struggles that I've had in the industry. So I pulled an audible and I brought you on the show because, <laughs> like I said, the 2020 season is really what I want to focus on yeah. to start off because there were a lot of moments in 2020 that are unforgettable. Obviously, we started the year losing Kobe Bryant. But then that turned into this ending where we had the Lakers and the Dodgers winning a championship. We're both right. part of championship teams yeah. that specific year. You were with the Lakers. I was with the Dodgers. It's crazy how that came full circle for us because 2020 was really a year to forget. But then yeah. at the same time, it's one of the most memorable ones in my career. Would you say the same about you? Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, you know, I remember exactly where I was at the game at the time where everything was going down in March, right? We remember that early, about second, third week of March in 2020 when the world seemed like it was coming to an end. And <laughs> and all of a sudden we find out Tom Hanks has COVID. <laughs> remember remember Woody, that? Woody, Woody! Exactly, remember that? We yeah. were like, what is going on? Tom Hanks has COVID. Now everybody's got COVID, so who cares? I know. But at the <laughs> moment, it was a big deal. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you find out that athletes and other teams, mm-hmm. and it's getting serious, and then probably 30 minutes before tip-off at a South Bay game in El Segundo, we had a home game that night. It was, little did I know walking in that day, it would be my last game, and I haven't announced a game in, in, in a year and a half since. And wow. and I'm sitting there and we're at the we're getting ready and we're at the table and we're looking at our phones and we're hearing what's going on in other city. I forgot what's the team that canceled their their game, um, the NBA team that canceled their game that night uh, that a player came up with COVID. And and so the decisions were made right there. The league that, hey, this is it. And we're it playing Utah. tonight's game. It was Utah. It was Utah. It was Utah. Yeah. You're right. And so we played our South Bay game that night, knowing mm. that that was probably going to be the last home game of the season. We had about five home games left, I think, still in this. Um, yeah, but about five left. 
And that was it. And that was our last home game. And you walked away with a really weird, eerie feeling of it all, mm-hmm. just kind of the way things were coming down. Um, and then the NBA season was just quite literally the longest NBA season ever, right? Ever. I mean, for us, it was great because the Lakers ended up winning. But from the moment it started, I mean, it was a, it was literally about 12 months long. It was a very long season um, that, that came to a, you know, and oh, by the way, you know, what we just skipped over, what we just talked about, which is mm-hmm. the loss of Kobe Bryant just a couple of months before that. Mm-hmm. So here we are paying tribute to Kobe. We did it at the South Bay game, a very emotional game as well. You know, um, I was not able, I had the opportunity, was invited to be there for the, um, at Staples when they, they had the, um, um, the celebration of life, I guess, that they had for him and all mm. that where, where Vanessa spoke. I, I could not attend that day. Uh, my day job, uh, unfortunately, supersede that day, but it was, I heard it was a great moment to be at. And, um, and so, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird start to 2020, just in sports in general, especially yeah. for the Lakers. Um, and then it ended on a, on a, on a, on a, pretty decent uh note i think for for the team um yeah and it was exciting it was exciting to be a part of yeah i mean it's it's hard to say it was a happy ending you know even though right. it is but obviously with the loss of kobe it just kind of you always had that in the back of your mind it's funny that that's how it happened for you so for me i was on the way to spring training uh okay to go see the dodgers in glenda arizona and literally we got on the plane we fly to Arizona. I land and it was like NBA season canceled. This is canceled. Spring training. I'm getting calls, you know, from work <laughs> saying, hey, like, don't go to Glendale. Like, you know, like stay away from, you know, Camelback Ranch. Like nothing's happening here. No games. Like just go home. Yeah. And it was so weird because it just kind of hit all at once. And little did I know, one, that we were going to end on a championship with a championship title, but I also didn't know that we weren't going to have fans for, I don't even know how long. And just the dynamic of sports and athletes completely changed. And the way that we watched the game, the way that we covered the game completely changed in a way that I just never thought that I would see. I think one of the things that I realized as unstable as the industry is, Sport, you know for me sports was always constant you know and it was sure. like nothing's ever gonna like stop sports from happening we're always gonna play and this was the first time that like I was shook in my career yeah. I was like wait what like there's no baseball there's right. no basketball there's no like so what am I supposed to do you know like from my perspective when things finally started going um I was really excited to see how the Dodgers and the Lakers started progressing throughout the playoffs, right? right? And I think one of the things that really got me was talking about Kobe Bryant, the how big he was here in LA, obviously in the world, realistically. But there were so many moments that during that 2020 season, I feel really referenced back to Kobe. The most memorable was while wearing the Black Mamba jerseys, AD stepped back, hit the game-winning three, he yelled out Kobe. It was game two of the Western Conference Final versus mm-hmm. the Nuggets. But you know, you 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 get those happy moments of knowing that he's still around and, and players think of him in those moments. But what do you remember the most from that championship run? Wow, from that run, you know, it, it was th- that was a big moment. I'm trying to look back at what moment really stuck out for me. Um, that that was huge. I'd have to take a moment to, to think about that because I think the whole season, you know, not having fans was strange, was interesting, and <laughs> having it really was. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, how did you even call a game like with no fans? It's just like it's just echoing. Yeah, Echo. and I think 
Right. And if you do, I think what you do or I do when you're on the mm-hmm. broadcast side of things in any capacity, the, mm-hmm. the, the fans is what lends itself. The sound, the noise that comes through, it's what yeah, pumps you feed up. off of it. Yeah. Whether you're a reporter, whether you're an announcer, whatever it is, right. um, you, you're absolutely right. You do feed off of that. I mean, Vince Scully used to talk about that all the mm-hmm. time, that that's mm-hmm. what he fed off of and what he enjoyed. So not having that, quite honestly, and I'm not being sarcastic here, was probably the most memorable thing for me of that year because it it even at even at winning the championship, it felt like something was missing. Mm-hmm. And 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 I know it's not a pretty memory. It's probably not the, the, the one that maybe people <laughs> are hoping that I'm going to choose. But that's what I'm going to remember that we won the championship, not with an asterisk. I mean, we played just about a full season. We did the, we, the Lakers earned it. They did, but not having the fans in the foreground, not having a parade, not oh, having a lot of, right. A lot, I yeah. Heard. I mean, I was at, I mean, I, I, I feel for the younger folks. I was there for the parades with Kobe and all of that. And me too. And, and right. And so that was cool. And I feel uh, for those that have never been a part of that, who are in their teenage years and would have loved to have been a part of that. Yeah. You know, but it's to me, that's that's what sticks. I mean, is, gosh, I really would have loved to see them uh, win back to back this year. So we can have that moment again um, of that year. But I will give you a funny uh, um, what uh, one of the memorable uh, moments for me was when um, um, LeBron was after the game uh, where they were interviewing uh, A.D., and LeBron, um, I think, comes out dancing. Was it the Sade or something like that? Was it the uh, <laughs> smooth operator? Right? Is that the right? Is that the right? Uh, yeah. And so that I remember that quite a bit. Um, it, but you know, I think it was that dynamic of that whole playoff season of those two. I think it's the sense of you know we're, we're going to prove to everyone that we deserve to be here. For some reason, it felt like people, no matter who would have won that season, would have called it right. You know, they, they would have called it well. It's not the same because you were in this bubble and all this stuff. Say, so, hey, the Clippers were in the same bubble and they choked. And, <laughs> and you know, it's it's they are who they are. Um, but it was it was a uh, you know it was fun to see that crew. It was too bad we didn't get to see everybody run it back again. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I would have loved to have see, seen that. Um, but uh, it, it was a, a different season. It had a different feel. I'm glad that it got to play itself out. Um, and uh, yeah, it, w- it was fun to watch on TV. I think the NBA did as good as a job as they could have to make it entertaining, make it a lot of fun for the fans um, mm-hmm. without fans at, at, at in attendance. Yeah, I think one of the weirdest things at Dodger Stadium was the introduced like introduction of artificial sound, and yeah. it was just you know it was very <laughs> lackluster on TV. I will say. On TV, it sounded really good because it, it timed yeah. really nice. But live, it was like, you know, Cody Bellinger would hit a home run and then it'd be like quiet. <laughs> and it's just like, it was so late. You know? So uh, adjusting to that, you know, just everything about it, being COVID tested, like knowing yeah. when to go into the stand, when not, not being around the players. And, and, and everything was just such... A whirlwind, but I was so grateful that we were able to have sports back because people really needed that, you know. And I feel like people yeah. really needed an outlet, and I mean, me included. Like just leaving, being able to leave the house and go to Dodger Stadium was so big for me, you know. Like yeah. just being in this pandemic and and isolating and all this stuff. Like just being able to go to work, being at the park, even though we were watching, you know, from a distance, it was just so nice to just not feel trapped. Right. at home you know what i'm saying so and honestly i will say people did talk a lot about the dodgers too and it was that's not a real ring and i was like look they expanded the playoffs i feel like it was harder because the playoffs well, as, were expanded a, no, like we should have we should have had it we should have been off that first week and we had to play 
multiple elimination games before really you know going off and then went to texas and obviously won the whole thing a lot of you're right you're you, you hit on something really important a lot of people don't realize and we don't talk enough about this the dodgers actually won more playoff games than any other team in history <laughs> why because they added that extra series yeah and so when you added that all those games they actually had to win more playoff games than anybody else has had to to get to a world mm-hmm. series and let's face it baseball is one of those uh probably the only sport where the, the playoffs is a whole different story. Whole Everybody, different you story. can really rush to the playoffs. The regular season doesn't really mean a heck of a whole lot. It's until you get there and who gets hot. And mm-hmm. look who the two of the best teams are in base. Tampa Bay's again, still the best team in the American League. So they you can they were the best team last year. They're still mm-hmm. the best team now. They would have been in the World Series. Same thing for the Dodgers. They would have been there at the end anyways. And so we still saw the two best teams go at it at the end. You may see those two very same teams again yeah. at the end of this year again. Yeah. Um, and so it was different, but, uh, it, you know, the Dodgers have been the, arguably the best team in baseball in the last five years. Yeah. They don't have the rings to show them completely for all five years or so, four or five years. But mm-hmm. in terms of wins, in terms of where they've competed, um, you know, it hasn't been a fluke. I mean, they've been in there year in and year out. But uh, you, you hit a good point just talking about the postseason and, and how it really just means when you get hot. Because in 2019, they won over 100 games. Yeah. They were the monster that everybody was scared of. And then they got beat by the Nationals in the Bounced in the first round. Yeah. And, I and, remember, and, and at the last minute, by a crime, by another former Dodger, <laughs> Howie Kendrick. I was at that game. Uh, yeah, that's right. I was covering. It hurt. It hurt seeing that home run leave the park. But you're right. It is about kind of, kind of hitting those moments. I feel like this past year, the Lakers and the Dodgers really – they won at a time, which for me was like LA really needed this more than yeah. anybody else. <laughs> like, they really did. You know, when you lose someone like Kobe Bryant, like, and then you have the two big franchises win the same year. You're right. I it, it's 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 what would needed to happen. So I appreciate the basketball gods and the baseball gods making that happen. But also, I did miss the parade. Like, you know how dope that would have been to have. Yep. A Dodgers Laker parade, like literally, oh yeah, purple and gold going down, you know, <laughs> Figueroa, and then right after that, right after white, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> so oh, man. Like, so colorful, paint the city, yeah, paint the city, and, the, and the, <laughs> the Dodgers haven't had one in a thousand years. I mean, I know, I wasn't parade. even, I wasn't even born the last time they. Won. There you go, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was too little. I won't say how old, but I was very little. So I didn't, no, no way my parents were going to take me to no a damn parade. But, <laughs> but no, it's, 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 we, I, Dodger fans, I think even more so than Laker fans are really, really, we're really hungry for that moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, for me of the two, if you ask me which one was the more special, the, the Dodger one was a lot more special because it's been mm-hmm. so many years, so right? Long. And so we were, and all, they've been so close, right? So many times. I never, I, yeah, I never wanted it so bad. For yeah. a group of of guys, because I, you know, co- being a fan uh, for so long, covering the team with Dodgers Nation 2016, and then obviously 2019 when I went uh, to work for Sports at LA, and then till now, seeing that group of guys, there hasn't been a lot of changeover, and so right. you know, you wanted it for Kike, you wanted it for Jock, you wanted it for Kershaw, you wanted it for Ken, like you wanted Turner, it for these group of, of guys, yeah. turn like you wanted it for all those guys that had been together for so long and we're like, you just, you needed the payoff. You need yep. the money shot. You know what I mean? So I'm happy that they finally got that. And for me, you know, when the Lakers won the 2020 NBA title, the mantra was, you know, jobs not finished, which obviously mm-hmm. came from Kobe Bryant. But how much did that mantra trickle down from 
the players to you guys who call the game and cover the game? Wow. You know what? That's an excellent question. Let me tell you why. So I, I obviously, after March and all that happened, I was mm-hmm. pretty much disengaged completely, especially in, in the South Bay Lake world. I mean, we went dark, dark, right? There was nothing going on. I mean, I don't know what everyone was doing. I don't know what they're doing now. I, you know, I don't even know if I have a job in about two months. No, I hope I do. <laughs> I haven't been told otherwise. Um, but, but here's the deal, though. This is interesting you say that. During... During that time, all of 2020 into 2021, um, probably over the last year, and this is just a testament to the kind of organization the Lakers are, mm-hmm. um, we would be receiving um, uh, on a weekly, monthly, then it'd be weekly again, um, emails from uh, from Tim Harris. You know, I'll just say it, but out there from Tim Harris, who's um, one of the executives um, at, at the Lakers, been there for a very long time. And I will say this. Um, they were very transparent about everything that was going on, the changes that were going on. And why this has to do with what you just asked me is there was this sense from the moment that when even when Kobe passed, um, the sentiment, the chain of emails internally, you know, I obviously can't share and read everything. That would, what, but I can say the positivity, the mm-hmm. energy that would come through um, was fantastic. And then COVID hits. And obviously, we're, we're still grieving over Kobe's passing. And then just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. They did a wonderful job, the Lakers, when I say they, of really keeping everyone together. All of a sudden, the entire organization is working remote. And we don't know what's going on. But we would see the Kobe quotations at the end of these emails and the messages. Oh, and wow. there was this, uh, during COVID, there was this time of, you know, of, of let's keep it going and, and to stay strong. And, and just like Kobe would have wanted. And, and all of the, those conversations were there in corporate. I'm not talking about on the court or the locker room. I'm talking from, from corporate. Right, going wow. out to all of corporate Lakerland, and up and through the playoffs, there was this continued messaging. So even myself at home, as an employee who you know I'm not working from home, I don't work full time for the Lakers. I'm a PA guy, so there's no games, there's no work, but I'm still you know receiving these messages, staying in the loop. Yeah, they did a wonderful job of of keeping us together, keeping us in the loop, uh, making us feel strong, feeling this pride about let's win together, let's do it together, let's win it for Kobe, let's we deserve this. And when we finally did, it was just you can you can sense it even through email. That's my point. <laughs> even through email, I think those of us really sense this this sense of team of going like, yeah, we did it as an organization. And so they did a wonderful job of that entire 2020 of keeping us together, asking us to stay strong, um, but keeping that Mamba mentality alive. It really literally was written all the time, and a lot of these uh, communications that would go back and forth. Um, and they did a really good, and they still do, even in 2021, about keeping everyone on top of what's going on and staying positive and, um, and all those kinds of things and, and returning back. And so, um, you know, we're, we're, we're on track right now. The G League is on track to return back in November, from what I'm hearing. So, you know, Lakers didn't participate in the bubble. Um, the small G League bubble, half mm-hmm. the teams didn't participate in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the, so we didn't have any games, but uh, we're excited to get going uh, here pretty soon. That's uh that's dope i think that's amazing the way that they were able to incorporate that for mm-hmm. you guys because like you yeah. said like it's different obviously the players on the court who had that real close relationship with kobe but for the organization as a whole to let you guys know like this is all of us together like you know i, th- I think that's pretty amazing because i'm sure you've seen just driving down la all the murals of kobe oh, yeah. and gianna i mean there's so many like even driving on the one time freeway there's like graffiti art and it says kobe forever mama you know forever and it's just you know you said it best right now where you said like you guys did a great job of keeping everybody together. Now I consider you one of the prominent voices here in LA 
And your IG bio says that you own more rings than the Clippers. <laughs> so you're trolling a bit. But knowing that season, knowing that, you know, that family that you have with the Lakers, how did it feel when you put that championship ring on your finger? Oh, Elisa, you know, it, it's, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you I didn't dream of the day. I've been working for the <laughs> Lakers organization since 2014. I got hired <laughs> almost seven years ago. And I always thought to myself, you know, one of these days we're going to make it and we're going to win. Now, when I came on in 2014, we had some pretty not so fun years. I mean, low, <laughs> low, you know, the team wasn't doing very well. Um, I mean, Kobe's last season was exciting, you know, and that just because yeah. it was his last season, it was exciting in 2016 mm-hmm. in, in general. Um, and, and it was exciting for me because it's kind of a side story, but. Um, I was at a Laker game. It was about, I want to say, three weeks before the end of the season. So Kobe had about five or six home games left. And so I got tickets. I took my dad to the Laker game. Uh, we had decent seats. You know, we're there. And then um, I, I think I can tell the story. So then I'm, I'm sitting <laughs> up there, you know, with my dad and about towards the end of the second quarter. Um, someone uh, sends me a text uh, in the Lakers and says, hey, you're at the game today, right? I said, yeah, I'm at the game. Said, well, you know, um, there's an opportunity uh, where I can bring you and your guest, you know, um, down to for floor seats on the court, on the floor. Um, yeah, right on the floor. I and never so, mentioned that we should go to Laker games together when you're not working. I'm just putting it yeah, out there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, 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 we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> and, um, and I said, sure. And so, okay, by halftime, I said, oh, I meet us down my, you know, walk down uh, at halftime. And then the second half, we watched the second half, my dad and I. Um, right next to the um, behind, but the Lakers were luckily the Lakers were coming our way now as they switched sides, nice. and so we were right behind the right, right first front row, right next to the cameraman and all that, um, behind the um, behind the net. Wow. And um, but what was memorable was that it was Kobe's last season. It was the last time mm-hmm. not only that we got to see him live. My dad he's never sat that close in his life at any sporting event. You know, and he's 75 now at the time, you know, he was 69 or 70 or so. And so 76, actually. So then he, you know, it was just, it was, he was, he, it was just memorable. And then here we have Kobe probably about 15, 20 feet away from us, finishing up some shots and all of that. And we're right there. And so it was, it was, a, it was a ton of fun. And so being part of the organization, I mean, that, that, that's been a blessing. Right. And so, but going back to your question about the ring, no, I mean, I never would have thought. And when I put that, when I finally got it in the mail, because it took a little while because the players take precedence. Jason right. Arcaro, you know, is kind of at the <laughs> at the bottom of that totem pole, you know. And You're like, so my name's a little long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you spell that? Yeah, no, no. It took a little while. So, but when I finally did come around, it, it was awesome. It was amazing. It was, it was, it was. I think the feeling that come, came over me, and I think when I go back and I and I put that ring on um, every day to this day. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the feeling I get is right. At least, like I would. So, right. <laughs> The feeling I get is, you know, th- th- this is what you work hard for. You know, mm. this is what you dream of, you know. And sometimes when you, and I think you can relate and I can relate and a lot of folks, you know, it- it's when, you know, we-, we-, we work hard and we have goals that we want to make for our- we make for ourselves. And sometimes we're hard on ourselves because maybe we're not where we wanted to be or where we should be or where we can be. And mm. all those things that will mess up with our head. You don't even have to shake Speak your head. On it. Right. Speak I- on I- it. Trust me, I'm, I'm-, I'm there with you. Just yeah. just as much as the next person. And when I saw that, and sometimes I, I use it to remind myself when I think that maybe I'm I'm too critical, right? And my wife reminds me that I'm my worst enemy. And she's like, you really beat yourself up, Jason. You really do. And that's when I when I look at that and I said, you know, that's 
that's that's not everybody has that opportunity, right? I'm very blessed to have had that opportunity. And so that's a cool thing. It's, 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 you know, it, it's uh, God's way for me of saying like, look, you, you got a reward, you know, this is something you can. And honestly, that's, that's why, um, you know, I, I, the ring, what it meant to me, what it means now to me, it's an heirloom. It's got yeah. my last name on it. It says Barcaro, you know, whenever I ask me, what are you going <laughs> to put on? You're going to put your first name on it. So, no, I want my family name. I want my last name because someday yeah. I won't be here anymore. And I want my daughters to have that. Um, and, and, and who's going to get it? Well, my favorite daughter will, I just don't know who that is yet. <laughs> and so, hey, whoever takes care of me, Alisa, you know how women, you know, <laughs> I feel you, I feel you, whoever I think, I, you know, I think I'm front runner for my dad because I give him, I gave him free Laker tickets when okay. I worked there. Yeah. But I think I'm the front runner for that, <laughs> for that title. Yep. You, you better favorite daughter. <laughs> Cause that's the last thing in the will that I'm not writing in until my deathbed, whoever takes care of me. Cause if, you know, the turn of events, oh, I'm changing that name. But but that's what it means to me. It's something that I can pass on. And it meant a lot more to show that to my father, who's, you know, who, who uh, I mean, goodness, my, my both my parents are immigrants. You know, my my yeah. mom, you know, um, uh, immigrated here in the 70s. My dad's been here since 1963, you know, and um, worked very hard. And for them to, you know, as you know, our families are very happy when they say yeah. that their son or daughter is working for the Dodgers, the Lakers. I mean, that's yeah. unheard of if you're, you know, and we yeah. think where our family was. And so, mm-hmm. um, it meant a lot to him to see that and, and for everyone else. So that was, that that's exciting. So it's been fun. Yeah. They always take that. There's always a real little sense of pride. Like no matter how, how much older we get, like my dad is always like, Oh, my daughter works for the Dodgers yeah. and she's worked for the Lakers. And he always <laughs> just has like this, this pride, like your kid don't do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, their kid could be like a lawyer or a doctor. And it's like, but they ain't courtside at the game though. Like that's, yeah, that's just right. like, that's... <laughs> that's just how my dad is, you know, he likes, he like, you know, he, he likes yeah. that. Um, would you say that that was your favorite championship or do you have a favorite championship that Kobe had won? that she was like no that's the one that i remember the most the first one the, my, one of my memorable the reason why but my favorite memory is the one and not to be cliche but it just is again <laughs> one of those moments where i know well actually there's two where i where i really know or, or, or i knew where i was i still remember um and that was in 2000 right in 2000 that robert ori shot that ori mm. shot i you know and uh 21 years ago and i was working at sears in college <laughs> and wow. uh worked at the Sears store at the Cerritos Mall for those of you that are here local in LA County I worked Started there for years. from the bottom now you're here <laughs> yep the Cerritos Mall man that's my that was my second home it, right. you know I swung from Cerritos Mall to Cerritos College for three and a half years or that was my that was my life so Lakers I, title championship or that's wild and I remember I was in the basement of the Sears store in Cerritos on a Sunday in my shift and we're going and on the other side i worked in the in the um sporting goods lawn and garden section but on the other side was the tv section so we my buddies and i we kept going back and forth to see how the game seven was going mm-hmm. um and uh, no that wasn't game seven. but um and we finally get over there last few seconds and there must have been about 30 people customers employees in the tv section at sears just all huddled to watch this thing and then watch robert ori hit the shot and then just and we just all exploded in cheers as fans as, as, as staff and and both uh 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 customers at sears going crazy when ori hit that shot and then you know you get to the 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 um the infamous uh, uh love right that uh, kobe hit Shaq in that game seven that's where i was confusing myself um you know and so th- that was fun and i remember where i was at for that too i was you know, and 
you know, it's just one of those things you just remember. And so that whole, that was, I think that was my favorite because that was my first, as a relatively young man, that was my first Lakers championship that I, the 88 one again, it's too little, you know? And so, I mean, you know, I, I remember it vaguely, but I was, I was small. Um, but this one was the first one as an adult or as a young man. I'm like, and so it was, that was the most special one for me. I think the first one um, saw the way through just because it's just the excitement of, of being a part of it as a, as a fan. So. Yeah. Does it ever hit you? Like, yo, I used to work at Sears. And now... <laughs> well, i got a better story for you. And now I got this big rock on my hand that says <laughs> Lakers legacy, you know, all like, yeah. it's just like leave a legacy. I mean, Sears, I used just... to work at Arby's before that, Elisa. Bro, I've never been eating at. I don't even know where there's what Arby's. Oh, no, bro. no. I bro. love Arby's. Arby's should pay me for this because ain't nobody talking about Arby's on radio. Nobody's talking about. I, nobody. I, you know, I see more commercials than I do their actual restaurant. Like All I don't right. even know where there is an Arby's. All right, we're gonna take a pause. So real quick, we're gonna just look <laughs> like on Arby's for like. So that was my very first job. My very first job in mm. 1996 was working for Arby's, and I worked there for two years through high school. So okay, Kobe was, was entering the league and you was working at Arby's. <laughs> that makes you feel so much better. Thank you. <laughs> and so, so I feel so accomplished now. And so, yes, he was entering the league and I was entering Arby's. Hmm. Um, and so I love Arby's. I still go to Arby's once, maybe twice a year. That's I don't eat it that often, but it's very good. But that was my first job. And then from there to Sears. But it's funny, though, you should say, does it ever hit you? You know who it really, who really clowns me oh. are my former friends who still, who I still talk to from Sears or people that remember me when I worked at Sears because Guess who they had make all the announcements over the speaker? Uh-huh. Okay. Sears is now closing. So, yes. I was, I was the, the cash register. The, 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 <laughs> do it again? No. <laughs> so, Shut up. <laughs> we know where you're going next. If mm-hmm. all those hills, Elisa, you got you got you gotta you gotta you got a job at Target. Let them know. <laughs> yeah. But but that was me for all the big events, for all the stuff hilarious. I used to do. They used to have me do the announcements. They used to have me read all kinds of stuff. Like, hey, you got a pretty decent voice. Why don't you do this? All right, so I did, and have it. And I would do all kinds of stuff for events. They used to have me MC crap, you know, when I was in college for certain events <laughs> and stuff at Sears. And so they get a kick out of seeing, like, you know, through that. Yeah. But I'll tell you, when I was in college, and you, I don't, many people don't know this. You don't know this. Um, I actually did get to PA uh, for a little bit at Dodger Stadium, and I don't know how. Yeah, that was my wow. first opportunity. So back in the day, this goes way back. The Dodgers used to have Think Blue Week. Hmm. And if you remember about, if you remember that or not, but Think Blue Week went away for some reason, like over a decade ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. But Think Blue Week was something the Dodgers had for many, 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 many years. And what it was is where fans got to live out their fantasies. And it was a tradition they had like through the '80s and '90s. And every year, it was a whole week long of events. You could be, they'd have you go out there to, you know, um, uh, grounds crew. They would let you do. All kinds of crazy stuff. Wow. But the way you entered, the, and it happened for years. And every year would hear about this. And so one, I was at Cerritos College, and I was at the radio station. I, that's how I got started, whatever. And one day, I finally got the guts, and it was a contest. You had to write in a letter. Back when you said to write in a letter, you had to submit a letter. And one of their uh, Think Blue Week um, competitions or whatever was to, to, uh, to be uh, the announcer, the public address announcer for a couple innings at a Dodger game. They'd always wow. do this. And every year they'd have like some kid or some whatever. And some <laughs> You're like, outcome. what about me? <laughs> I'm you. right here. <laughs> exactly. So one day I, I said, you know, I'm finally going to submit this thing. I used the radio booth at Cerrito, at college, in college, Cerritos College. I recorded. They wanted you to record yourself doing the starting lineups. 
I recorded myself oh, doing the starting. It's the first time I ever did anything like this professionally. Wow. And so I did it. I recorded it. And I sent in the letter. I submitted it, all that stuff. And again, I never forget that, um, you know, before even cell phone. Yeah, this is, this is now the year 2000. This is 2000. Mm-hmm. This is 2000. Yeah, it was 2000. 2000. I Summer was a 2000. little baby. Yeah, see? <laughs> there you go, Lisa. It was 2000 when, when we barely started internet radio. And so uh, that's, that's a whole other topic. Right. And I, got, and I get a phone call at the house. My mom answers the phone and she's like, oh, it's for you. And it's in the kitchen. I'm at the kitchen and this is before cell phones. It's, you know, house phone. I pick up the phone and it's some lady on the other end from the Dodgers. Want to let you know that you won and you've been selected and blah, blah, blah. For the wow. Lisa, I was excited. Wow. I, I remember that. That's phone crazy. Call. That was the, yeah. And so I asked, the, I won that competition. I wasn't, well, whatever, I guess. And yeah, it's a competition. Yeah, it's Talk a competition, right? Talk yeah. your shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was, and so I could, I could actually add Dodger Stadium to it because of that game. And I, for, I forget if they have pictures somewhere. But yeah, I got to do, I got to do the starting lineups and then you get to do two innings of the game. And the guy who was the PA guy at the time was two PA people before. It was Mike Carlucci. He was a longtime PA guy for like over 10 years before the guy they had before this guy. And so it was cool. And that was the first time I ever got to do something like that. It was, it was pretty fun. Wow. That's, that's dope. So, <laughs> like, so, yeah, I, actually, so, I didn't know that about yeah. you. No. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, that's cool. I, I tell people that's why you gotta, you know, you just yeah, don't you gotta know. Put yourself out there. You gotta put yourself out there. You gotta yeah. submit, you know, Lisa, I will say this, you know, um, we, we talk a lot about when people give career advice about it, it is about who you know and stuff, obviously, and Thank all those guys. kinds of things and all that. But uh, when when I got the Lakers gig and folks were like, oh, you know, are you friends with somebody there? Do you know somebody? I go, I don't know a soul here. I said, mm-hmm. I just went in and I competed for it. And, yeah. you know, when I got the LAFC gig and I did LAFC for a season. I remember that. Yeah. And pe- people ask me the same thing. Like, oh, are you good? I go, I don't know a soul at LAFC. Let me tell you how that went down. Six months before the season even started. Remember, their inaugural season. They were still trying yeah. to figure out building the bathrooms at that stadium. Yeah. So five or six months before the season starts, I said, you know what? They're going to need a PA guy. I don't know who I got to call or what I got to do. So I finally found the email of the public relations director who had just started. as They were hiring their crew up. This mm-hmm. is now 2017. And I sent him an email. Didn't get a response. Introduced myself. Sent him another email. Finally got a response. Said, hey, Jason, thank you for hearing from you, blah, blah, blah. It's still a little early, you know, because we're still getting our shit together pretty much. He said, but we'll keep you in mind. I'll hit you up early next year. Right, mm-hmm. fine. Early next year comes around. It's about February. I hit him up again. And, wow. he, and he said, you know what? Thanks for catching. You know, now we're only about a month and a half, two months before the season starts. Yeah. And so to make a long story short, uh, he connects me to someone there. And they said, look, we're going to do some auditions. You know, um, if you want to, you know, we can talk over the yeah, phone. Um, and blah, blah, blah. Right. Did all those things. Long story short, did that, did another round, another round, and then ended up getting the gig. Um, but just from putting yourself in there, not through, you know, same thing with how I got the Lakers thing. Before that, if you recall, I was I was trying to do the San Diego Padres thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and I made and that was a whole fiasco right out of like five, six, seven hundred people that competed. I mean, I feel like the Padres do stuff like that. I hate to say it, but it's the Padres. Exactly. And all that to say, I make it to the top 10, right, of the mm. finalists of their PA announcers. Todd Lights also made it to the top 10, um, who's now their PA for the Dodgers. And so, see, this is interesting how this works out. I remember competing with Todd. Todd yeah. and I were in the finalists of the top 10. I didn't make the top three. He made the top three. Mm. So Todd was this close from being the PA guy for the Padres. He was one of three wow. that, that season, didn't get it. And it but things happened. 
This other guy from Boston ends up getting it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? He ends up from Boston, ends up getting it. But what happens that same season, an, an opportunity opens up for Todd. Todd becomes a PA guy in 27. I think it was that, that same year for the Dodgers. Uh, it was in 2017, 26. So he ends up getting Dodgers, which I'm sure, and I've never talked to Todd. If you've asked him, the best thing that ever happened to him was not getting the Padres gig. Of course. Right? Of course. And then what? that same year, six months later, I end up with the Lakers. And so that same year, after we both competed, look where things ended up. Mm-hmm. Now, the had I not competed for the Padres thing, which I was not almost going to do, my buddies were the ones who kept pushing you to do it. it. And they literally drove me there. It was me and like two or three of my best friends, and they drove <laughs> me there. They drove me at 7 a.m. They're ones. They're yep. ones. Yep. They drove me there at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. We're going to take you. And they took me there. And they were there all day because we were in line for eight hours before I actually. Alisa, we got there at 8.30 at Petco. By the time I got to read mine, it was about 3.30 in the afternoon. Wow. I'm not making that up. And there was literally 460 people. I think it was number 376 or 377. And that's all just to go up there and read like 45, 60 seconds of copy. See you later. We'll talk to you later. It was, it was a cattle call of human beings. Wow. And so, but the way I got the Lakers thing, the, uh, they wrote the, the city of Downey where I, where I live, you know, they wrote a little story because, oh, little local story. Oh, this guy from Downey competing for the pottery thing, blah, 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 right? Yeah, they write yeah. these little feel good things. And so, um, never met anybody there. The editor writes a story, whatever. So, about four or five months later, he pings me on Facebook and he says, Hey, Jason. And, and, and I never met this guy other than just yeah, over just the phone. Yeah, just like the quotes, right? Yeah. Story. Yeah. He says, Hey, I saw this on Twitter. I thought you might be interested. And it was an advertisement that the Lakers put out that the South Bay Lakers were looking for a PA announcer. They were very low key about it. I didn't hear about it. They put it on Twitter. There you go. I wasn't even on Twitter, barely. But this guy, had I not gone for the Padres thing, who he knew that wrote a story, he sees it, sends it to me. I'm like, all right, I'll show up, whatever. By the time I'm discouraged, you know, but I'll show up. (laughs) And there's probably about 80 or 90 people there at at the old trading center and yeah. And the rest is history and it worked out. But so sometimes the opportunities you don't get. It's true. I mean, you're right about that. It's fine. I did a whole episode of on Sportsish where I talk about how I got my Lakers in arena host because mm-hmm. people ask me, did you know someone with the Lakers? Like, and I'm like, no, I literally saw it on Twitter, just like you. And they were also very low key. And I mentioned that I have never seen it since be put out that way. Yeah. It was like, I saw it that one day I was at NFL Network my friend Brandon McGinnis, I always tell him I'm a credit him. He pushed me because I wasn't going to do it either. And he was like, you need to do it. And I'm just like, look, like, I'm just not what they're looking for. And they're like, he's like, how do you know? Like, you have talent, just do it. And so I filled it out. I went to the auditions and, you know, I did, I did a whole episode on that because you're right. It is about those moments that just pop up out of nowhere. And ironically you you know i was working at dodgers nation at the time mm-hmm. dodgers nation ended and i left them to go to the lakers and from there i was there for the, with them for a season then i stay with nfl for another like 17 to you know end of 18 and then next thing you know the dodgers nation job lakers job got me my job with spectrum work with alana and then now with kirsten so it's just like you don't think you don't you don't think that's gonna happen though yeah. You know, and that's what, you know, a lot of people that I talk to or, or kids that I go talk to at schools, like they always ask me, like, what did you do that was so different? And it's just like, honestly, you just have to not be scared to put yourself out there. And it's something that I still deal with now because I don't like putting myself out there. And 
you know, for me, it's like, well, you'll know. And they're like, how are you going to know if they don't, if they don't see you, you know, if they right. don't hear you, if they right. don't, you know, do all stuff. So when I was approached with this opportunity to do sports and have my own podcast, you know, I was like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I want to do it. And they're like, look, like, you're good at getting people to talk. Like, you're good at this. Like, just take a chance. So I was like, all right. You know what I mean? And now, you know, now it's like we're on like episode, like past episode 10. And, you know, it's just one of those things that you just never knew how it was going to play out. And it's like, I think for us, to me, I took joy in it because obviously for people that don't know, me and Jason met when we used to work at Dodgers Nation because he's no stranger to the podcast game. Remember Deuces Wild? <laughs> yep. I, to, I was I was editor-in-chief at Dodgers Nation, and I had to wait for him to do Deuces Wild, which was the Dodgers Nation podcast, and then put that on the side, and it was like a whole thing. Now I have a new appreciation for you, because, man, <laughs> oh, my God, it's a lot of work to do a podcast, let me tell you. It is. It is. It's a lot of work. And I, I've, been, I've been, right before COVID, I actually was about to start a, a podcast of my own, Mm-hmm. And um, and you would think where well, a lot of people started starting podcasts is be- because of COVID I actually stopped. And the reason for that is because <laughs> I literally did. I, did my, I had a, I did my first interview. I had a lot, had everything ready to go. Mm-hmm. I did it about maybe six, seven weeks before everything shut down. But that's because and, and mine had nothing to do with sports. Mine actually and I'm probably still now about to get it up again. Um, but it might actually had a lot to do with uh, the city I live in, the city of Downey, where I've been at, and um, mm-hmm. and telling a lot of the stories of the community and all that, which is something I really, oh, I've always been too. a big news buff. I always tell people I love sports has been a, a gateway to announcing and all that. But if mm-hmm. you ask me what my dream job would have been, it actually would have been something like um, a host on on sixty minutes. I, I you'd be you'd be good at that. See, you'd be good at that. Why? Because I look like, like have like a jerk demeanor or something. Or? <laughs> no, you just you have like a very like. And tonight, on yeah. 60 Minutes with Jason Baccaro, I break down the latest crime spree in Downey. Like, you just have that very, like... <laughs> Thank you. That creepy kind of NBC Nightly. Yes, you know? <laughs> but I can't get, you know? But yeah. you, okay, let's be real. Everyone, before they go to sleep, if you're not watching murder documentaries, like, what are you watching? Right, so it's just true. like... That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's what I would have... So I love news. I love people. And, you know, and mm-hmm. so that was the idea that I had. I was going to do that. But I wanted to be live. I wanted to be in person. I wanted to yeah. be at their businesses and stuff. And so with COVID, I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. But I, I might get that up again. But it's... But you're right. It, it is a lot of work. The yeah. This part isn't the hard part. It's no, the part, this is right? the fun part. This is the fun part. <laughs> it's the, oh, I got to edit this shit still? Like, oh, you know? I got to listen to this three, four times? <laughs> like... Uh, I don't even care. I'm gonna just put it up. I don't yeah. even. Care. I don't care that I messed up a word and I gotta read. I don't care that you hear my dog barking. I'm gonna just yeah. It's just I've gonna go. There. It's done. I've been it's there. Go. Yeah. I've been there. No, it's true. And I mean, even Lakers Nation. You know, that was a lot of work. And and yeah. boy, you know, I I worked there too. We yep. had a lot yep. of the same jobs. Yes, <laughs> you just sure did. I mean, and that was at the very beginning of Lakers Nation, and where mm-hmm. we were still trying to figure it out when yeah. I started the, that crew, and and it was a lot of work, uh, a lot of and literally sleepless nights and of, of, you know, just uploading. And I, and I'm, and I always admit, I am not the most, you know, with editing and all that stuff. That was, mm-hmm. I was always, yeah, I shied away from it. Now I'm a little bit better, but yeah, it's uh it's uh this isn't the hard part, like you said, but it's, it's yeah. a lot of work, but, but yeah. you know what though, it's you're, 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 you're honing in your craft, Elisa. I mean, this is what you need to do, right? It's, you just mm-hmm. keep practicing and, and um yeah, it's, it's, and you sound great by the way. <laughs> thank you thank you i appreciate yeah. that you do too <laughs> we should have our own shows we should have our own shows i mean 
I'm saying. Uh, no, but I mean, it's it's one of those things that for me, you know, becoming friends back in 2016 when we met working at Dodgers Nation, like I was super hyped when you got that job for LAFC. You posted that picture as an 18 as an announcer because I just I know the struggle. You know what I'm saying? I know, like you said, the sleepless nights, working for no pay, working with limited resources, basically trying to launch something great with an arm tied behind your back. Like, yeah, it's hard to do. And, you know, now, especially now with bigger blogs, it's like, oh, like you're a great writer, but like we're bigger. So working for us should be enough. And it's like, ah, now y'all need to pay me. Like, you know, right, and it's just like, right, but right. there's so many people that want to write for Lakers nation, Dodgers nation, or whichever blog it is that the competition is almost saturated in that sense. Right. And so there's a lot to pick from. So it's like, you don't nearly, you don't really need to look for the needle in the haystack anymore. Right. Right. No, it, it is. It is hard. It's, you know, and for me, I think what was a bigger struggle even for me was, and one of the reasons why I, I, I probably didn't lean in as much as I probably at some point or another, you know, um, is w- once, and here we go, once you get married and, and once you start raising a family and once mm-hmm. you start going in a certain direction, um, priorities change obviously a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, at the same time, it becomes a little bit harder. Cause I think what you said earlier is like, well, it's only so long. It's only for so long that I can do this at no pay. Right. Um, I mean, I've always held the day job and I still hold the day job right. that has nothing to do in, with sports. I work in <laughs> higher ed. Right. For those that know or don't know me. And I love what I do there. Um, and so any extra time that I would give was just that extra time that I could give. Right. This is what I do when I'm not dad, when I'm not husband, yeah. when I'm not, you know, whatever I'm doing during the day and, and weekends and whatever, you know, in, in a job. And so. It, it happened at a later stage where I always, I think when I give a lot of folks advice, when I, you know, when they want advice, at least in a lot of younger folks is, yeah. you know, really get in on this as early as you can, as, 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 you know, and give it all as much as you can. Doesn't mean don't date, doesn't mean don't whatever. It just means just know that as things, as life starts yeah. to evolve a little bit, time, yeah, you don't get more time, more hours during the day, just because you, you, you take on more. The time is still there. Right. Yeah. And so you have to find a way, but doing the PA announcing and doing this stuff is for a way, a great way for me to stay in the game and stay in the loop and, and have fun with that and do all of that. And yeah, uh, you know, sometimes along the way you're going to have bumps and, and politics are going to, uh, are going to get in the way. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, and so those, you know, when folks ask me about, well, what happened? You were only one season at the LAFC. I was like, well, yeah, you'd have to ask the LAFC that. And so I'll just, and, and those are just things that, that happen that happen yeah. in the business, you know, and mm-hmm. I was reminded of that, um, you know, and no matter how good you think you are or how good people say you are, or how great you think you look or sound or whatever, it doesn't, there's always going to be someone that sounds and looks or whatever better than you or that don't, but, you know, they just they they know the right folks and rub the right elbows and do those kinds of things. And so, true. you know, and so I'm always reminded, you know, when, when you sent me, you know, as we were prepping for the show and in one of the emails you sent me, you know, about some of the things you may want to talk about. And one of the things you wrote on there's best advice you've ever received, you know, and I think best advice that I always that I've always received that I have to remind myself is, um, you know, what's what's meant for you, you know, will be yours, you know, mm. and and that's it. That's it. If it's meant for you, it'll be yours. If it's not, you know, for what, and you got to let it go. You got to let it go. If, 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 uh, and, and letting go is the hardest part. Um, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in an industry like this, where you have folks that are very passionate about wanting to do certain yeah. things, you know? And so um, you have to cherish all these experiences. No, that's for sure. And that's one thing that I 
preach a lot about on the episodes where it's just me. Like I always say, I look back on my career and I'm just like, because I'm not where I want to be or where I thought I would be by this point, I'm like, I haven't done anything. And you can't look at it that way because I've had some great experiences. I mean, I was the in arena host for the Lakers. I was the host for Dodgers nation. I worked for NFL network. I, you know, covered stuff for rivals, um, USC rivals going to, like, I was at like every Pac-12 championship game, every Rose Bowl game flying to Texas. And it's just like, but to me, it's like, Oh, and people are like, you were getting paid to fly to Texas to go watch a game at at the stadium and fly back home. Like, why are you complaining? And, you know, for me, the letting go part that you just said is really interesting because I have aspirations to be on camera. I have aspirations to be a host and, and things like that. I mean, you've known since we, mm-hmm. since my late, my mm-hmm. Dodgers Nation days. And at the beginning of 2020, I really hit a point where I'm like, maybe it's time I just let that go. Like, yeah. maybe I just, you know, like I'm... I'm field producing now. Like I'm a produ- I help produce stuff at NFL Network. I'm editing. Like I- I'm creating these features. Like maybe that's just what I got to do. And so I reached out to many women I look up to. You know, Alana Rizzo, Shelly Smith, a couple exec uh, exec from ESPN, and I I sent them my stuff. And I said, look, this is me. This is who I've been developing. This is my voice. This is who I am. You guys are the most honest people that I know. Mm-hmm. And to the point where you don't owe me nothing, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to tell me good. Like you're not my parents. Like, right, right, you know, right. if I show you, but you're so great, you know, you're, you're going to give me the real, let me know if I need to let this go because I'm really at that point where I think I need to let this go and just figure out the rest of my life. And they all got back to me and they were like, don't let it go. And I'm just like, no, but for real though. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, no. And they're like, no, for real. And I'm like, it's just because you like me. And they're like, no, like we've watched your stuff and you have it, you know, like just your your time is coming. And I'm like, yeah, but when? Like, I'm yeah. tired of waiting. Like, I'm I'm tired. Like, I get so close, you know, like I was on like the choice uh, I remember that. debate. Yeah, I remember that? I, I was the only girl to make it to the top eight. I should have been to the top four, but whatever. Um <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like, I always feel like I got so close and then someone else, like leapfrogged me. And then I always got pushed back. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I always had those conversations with myself and I literally had, I, it's, it's so funny you you say that because I had that conversation, I had that conversation myself at the beginning of 2020 and literally I look up to Shelly Smith. I've always, since I was in college, obviously Alana is highly respectable. And for them to look at me like, they gave me, don't get it wrong. They're, they're not saying I was perfect. They're like, you need to fix this. You need to fix this. They're like, you know, wear different clothes. Da, da, da. But it wasn't anything like your voice needs to change. You need to get, they were like, you got it. Like, just don't give up. And I'm just like, I really wish I would have told me to give up because now I got to do <laughs> no, like but, a whole, yeah. probably like three years of like applying and putting myself out there. Like, come on, Sway. Like, let me yeah. go get a producer job and call it a life. Like, yeah. what are you yep. doing to me? Because that's the easy way out. No, you know what? It's, 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 um, I, I often, you know, I'm turning 41 in November, you know, and so, and I put that out there because, you know, let me tell you, I can't, I don't know where the time went. I remember when I was 21, when I was 31, almost I'm like, oh my God, I'm 40. Last year I turned, <laughs> forget 2020, when you hit 4-0, please. <laughs> you know, when you get three, oh, you think your life is going to come to an end. This is but big facts, right? <laughs> that was you, my 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so me 2020 was 40, so I hit yeah. a different milestone. 
And but I remember when you hit 30, you're like, well, when I would hit 30 by the time I'm 30, I'm gonna do all these things. Okay. And then by the time I'm 40, I'm gonna hit all this. And all of a sudden, I'm like, ah oh, shit, I'm 40 already. Now I'm thinking about 401ks and shit and how much I need to like, ah oh, damn, I only got 26 years before I retire or some BS, you know, whatever. But but it's and and there's been times also where I felt like letting go certain things and stuff like that where I've struggled a little bit also, you know, because it's um there are things I, that make you happy. Right, right. More happy than like any other stability could give you. Right. Yes. Yes. But then it's like, is it worth it? Yeah. It's if you have that battle. Yeah, because it, it's all it also um it, it drives your anxiety crazy. And and it's easier just to to let it go. And yeah. I've literally had people said, you, you know, you you probably need not because you're not talented, but if you maybe it is the time for you to let it go and be happy with what you have and not whatever, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, because it's because look at what it's doing sometimes to you by not whatever, you know, letting it go or what have you. But then you have people like all of a sudden, like Elisa Hernandez, who sends you a message that says, hey, you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> ah, shit. And then you go and then you go. No, this is true. And then you, go on, <laughs> and then you go on their podcast and then you walk out of there feeling so much adrenaline. And then yeah. you end up feeling, and that happens. You get, I get sucked in somehow, pulled in by something. It's always happened always. my entire life since I left always. college. Yeah. You know, some of my, you know, I'll tell you this, and, and mm-hmm. not many people know this, but well, after well, after college, you know, I stayed friends with some one of the college advisors there at, at Cerritos, and he and he started a radio show. This is before, this is how I got. This is how I ended up getting Lakers Nation. So now we're talking about mm-hmm. 2006, 07, 08, when you were like what two. So then <laughs> so I'm giving you some years here. And so, and I was co-hosting at a AM radio station in San Bernardino County that could only be heard 10 miles out, maybe to West Covina if the wind was blowing strong enough. <laughs> and, I'm being honest, and, and, but, but it was online. So whatever. And yeah. I'm doing this show that no one listens to on a Saturday morning from 10 to noon. Do you want to come out? I was driving for a year and a half from where uh, Saturday mornings for to all the way to San Bernardino. I was there for three, four hours, no pay, like you said, and it was all just I was a, a, a news talk show. We talk about politics, we talk about everything, and people calling in, people from Emmett calling in, and all these Trumpsters coming Emmett? in. Oh, girl, I was the star of Emmett. People, people, people in, in, in Temecula love me. No, I'm kidding. But it was only an Inland Empire station. All that to say, you know, he, he uh, the gentleman who owned the shows, uh, he became ill. And he asked me one day, he said, hey, can you, because he was paying to be on, it was a pay for PlayStation. He had to get his own ads and all that. And he said, would you want to be the host of the show for the next three, four or five months or so? And you just take it on, produce it, host it, the whole thing. So I hosted the whole show a three hour live call in three hour wow. live call in, not a body cast live call in radio show for, and I, for six months to this day, it's the most fun I've ever had in my life. More than the Lakers, more than LAFC, more than anything that those things have these big, sexy names on them. Right. But when I think about what was the most fun I've had, and I was in my twenties at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was it. I absolutely adore doing that show. I love getting people. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit more liberal. I'm a Democrat for those that don't know. And, and I was, and I was hosting a show in the middle of a very hardcore conservative area, conservative listenership. I got called everything you can think of. Alicia. <laughs> I got called anchor baby on a weekly basis. 
Oh, exactly. I had people calling. I had racists calling me things oh, on the air. I had God. people listening from the middle of New Mexico that Jason, you don't know shit. And but your co-host, who's this blonde like Republican lady, oh, they yeah. loved her, and she was great. If she listens to this, Krista, we love you. You're great. She's my co-host, and we had a great show, and I loved it. I didn't care. It, it was. It was. It was. It was. It was very. It was very cool. Yeah. But um, you know th- those those things are fun and and um and so when I have little moments like that when I get asked to co-host or do something or come on a podcast I walk away going like oh I really like doing this stuff you know yeah. and so anyway you, you you try no but that's real because for me so I, you know I feel produced for the Dodgers and I kind of stuff down like you know my reporter side my hosting side I stuff it down but then it's like before I go to the game to feed my junkie habit. I go on Instagram and I'm just yep. like, hey guys, you know, here's the series. And I break, I do like a little breakdown. I mean, people watch it. I get, I get decent views on my IG stories, but it's really for me. Like it's just yeah. so I can get it off and be like, okay, now I can go just produce, you know, because <laughs> it's like you, you need to have those little outlets, but then you remember like, damn, I really like doing that, right. you know, and, and, and you try to put it aside and then it just always comes back. It just like you said, there's always something that just pulls right. you back to it. And people have asked me, like, you know, why don't you leave LA? And you know, why don't you go? And I'm like, one, it's not for lack of trying. And two, oddly enough, I've been blessed to work with franchises that you just you don't say no to. Right. You know, like like you don't say no to the Lakers, you don't say no to the Dodgers, and you don't say no to the NFL. Right. And so it's like it's hard for me to kind of have because like I mean, I would leave. But it's also like I've been given really good reasons to stay. Right. And and, and that's and that's the trade-off, you know. So it's it's a beast of an industry. And I'm sure you know, I mean, just kind of like you said, balancing family. Like yeah. for me, uh I again talked about it on my last podcast, like people that don't know the way we know how to work in this industry, it's the amount of sacrifice that they don't see. Oh you yeah. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. Birthdays, weddings anniversaries yeah oh and, and especially for you i mean i can't even i can't even talk to it like the way you can because i mean i've said you you're three times more I- I- in <laughs> it i mean uh, and, and i see the work yeah. i mean with nfl network with all this stuff i mean dodger games you had every game I mean, baseball for one i tell people this it's somebody a monster asked me one time, said, somebody asked me one time what if the dodgers approached you about being a pa guy one day I said you know what i don't know if i could say yes that's 81 home games yeah. and not that i wouldn't love to be a dodger in 81 days but you i don't have two my- little girls Oh, screw them. My day job. I mean, it's, I'm out. I'm out. They, they can wait. And I'm not even lying about that. No, it's, it's, no, but it's, 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 here's another thing too. This is a misnomer for anybody out there listening. And you know this and people know mm-hmm. this. People think that the public address announcers and some of these jobs that we live off of this money, we get paid peanuts. We get paid very little. It's really just <laughs> for fun. I mean, really, it really is. Anyone that does it, whether it's Todd, myself, whether it's LT mm-hmm. at the Lakers, whether it's Eric Smith, who does about half of LA's games, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Eric Smith is a teacher. He's a high school teacher by day. And that's what he does. Right? Todd, I think, works. I know, uh, I believe, I know what I'm not going to put it out there, but I know he has a full time job doing some other stuff. Um, I have a full time job also. You know, yeah. these jobs don't. Don't don't. It might cover maybe some sexual lunch money, but it's it's you do it because you love it, and um, at least the, this type of a gig, right? And no, so no, sure. right, and so you still have to maintain some type of a day job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an. Ex- I mean, I won't put the name, but there's another PA announcer who I know that had to give up his job at one of the major teams here in LA 
um, some years back because of his day job, because it, it just ended up being conflicting at the time of the year. And so it's, you know, those are sacrifices that we had to, to make. Yeah. And so when I think about Dodgers, like, oh, that would be amazing someday. But geez, Louise, that, that's a lot. Of, so all that to say is baseball is the most rigorous sport, whether you work front office, whether you're a player, whether you're sweeping. The, that is a heck of a lot of games. And yeah. you know this more than anybody else. I've never had to work baseball, but I could only imagine, you know, it's on top of everything else you're doing. That's a lot of time spent on the field uh, at the stadium, yeah. you know, and yeah. so it's a lot of work. It is. And honestly, like the stadium becomes your home because you see them more than you do your family, yeah. you know, more than you do your friends. And it's one of those things that I've told people that I care about, you know, I'm like, because they'll say like, you didn't call me back or you didn't. And I'm like, look, unless I tell you otherwise, we're, we're good. We're friends still. Like, unless <laughs> I specifically come out and say like, nah, fuck you. I'm good. Like we're, we're cool. Like we're, we're, we're good because I don't have time to check in like that. Unless I make the time in my head, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, hey, make sure you check on this person. Hey, make sure you message this person. Like, yeah. I, I have to program it because, like you said, baseball alone is a beast. And let alone, I go from baseball into the NFL season. And guess what? When Super Bowl is over, spring training starting. Yep. And then I go, I start. I've been doing that the last three years. And so, you know, people always say, "Oh my God, you get to be at all the like, home games," and I get, and I'm like, "Yeah, but I don't." I don't do Sunday barbecues anymore because Sunday the games are at one. Yeah. I don't do, you know, Friday night anything because Dodgers play a multi time on Friday nights. It's like sad Thursdays are gone. My Mondays are gone. Sundays. It's like, who wants to hang out with me on a Tuesday? Like, <laughs> it's just like it, you forget that part of it. But um, closing out here, because obviously we could talk forever, especially because, <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're both we're both hosts. So we could yeah, literally this, right? is, this is about to turn into Jason's three hour three hour show from back in the day but you know it's it's just it's just crazy how the work ethic that I look up to just to make it full circle and Kobe Bryant it's it's really what I do now because there's always someone there working harder than you yeah and if you don't believe in yourself no one else will like these are two quotes from Kobe and it's one thing that I've always kind of kept in my head, especially being immigrant uh children of immigrants Mm -hmm. being children that were told like I'm I'm doing I'm settling for certain things so that you can be whatever you want to be you know and and my parents grew up in El Salvador during the civil war Mm -hmm. I mean my my parents don't even tell me a lot about their childhood because of the PTSD crazy shit that happened over there and for my dad he's just like I would have never thought that I would be sitting behind home plate for a world world series game Never in my life did I think yeah. that would ever happen. Going from the streets of El Salvador, seeing blood in the streets, seeing guerrilleros taking young boys away to join the military, like, and now you're here. And my daughter, my daughter is seen in a respectable way, right? In a high level, in a big franchise. And when I walk around, people are like, oh, yeah, your daughter's this, your daughter's that. Like, those kind of pride moments for me is what make the whole grind really worth it and i'm sure you know and to close mm-hmm. it out being a girl dad i know you said you can give a fuck about that but you do because you my friend became their softball coach i did and girl dad obviously trended after you know kobe passed away but you being the father of two beautiful girls you know how did you just how do you how do you just take that in stride along with 
everything else that you do, you know, going being in part of the sports world now. Yeah, it's the most important thing. It's the best job I have. I mean, it's true what everyone says. It really is. You know, um, coaching my daughter. I, by the way, she she's nine years old. She never played played t ball when she was five or six. Then she started doing mm-hmm. other stuff, dance and things like that, and all that. And then this um, COVID after COVID, um, the local softball league decided to have a practice season. I said, you know, maybe she'll like softball. It's been years. I don't know what to expect. If she hates it, I'm not going to force her. She's going to yeah. ask her. She's like, yeah, I'll sign up. Signed her up in May, in April. Started playing in May. Absolutely fell in love with it, um, <laughs> loves it. And then right when the regular season was going to start, I got sucked into actually being a head coach, and I felt like I bought a timeshare. <laughs> you got sucked <laughs> Yeah, I did. I bought like a timeshare. And so, <laughs> and so um, but it's, it's, it's the best thing that's happened, in the, I would say, uh, in the last year to be a part of that. And, you know, one thing I, I didn't mention, um, but, uh, you know, my, my oldest daughter, uh, who is playing softball now, is uh, her name mm-hmm. is Gianna, and we actually had named her after her. Gianna, um, Kobe's da- oh, wow. daughter. I, I remember when we saw the news, we're sitting here and my wife and I, and then the news came in, they confirmed that that um, his daughter wasn't there. Uh, we, it, it, we both, for some reason, I think for a lot of us, that even hurt even more. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, it's one thing to, for a, a guy like me to, 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 to leave this earth, heaven forbid that it's happened, but it's one thing when you hear that, you know, someone's son or daughter was a part of that and then even more yeah. so with um, uh, you know, my daughter's name, we named her after, after her. We loved the name at the time on earth. Like, oh, that's a pretty name. And so, you know, and so it, it hit even yeah. close to keep hearing that name, you know, because it's, 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 yeah, it's special. It's wonderful being a girl dad, you know, and, uh, and, and everyone, you know, always says, are you ever going to go for the boy? I go, nope, two kids are good enough for me. <laughs> for lack of trying, like you said, it was just, you know what? Nope. I do. These kids are expensive and daddy. Got stuff. And so <laughs> So, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun. You have a five-year-old and a nine-year-old, but you, you balance it the best way that you can, you know, and they're a priority. And, um, but it's fun to have them see the things that dad does, you know, yeah. for, put on the Laker ring and to do little things like them to bring them along. But going back to tie it into what you said, and I'll close out with this about what our parents wish was for us, you know, and mm. being able to pass that down is for me, you know, being first generation and now doing these things, um, hopefully, and being in the position that I'm in and position that you're in, that, you know, if you have children one day, and so you'll see that you'll want to even give them more than yeah. what you even got, you know, who helped yeah. me a lot of FAFSA? Nobody. I filled that out myself. And right. Speak on it. Our kids won't have that issue. They'll be spoiled <laughs> yeah. as you know what. They already are spoiled <laughs> as hell. Right. Yeah. And so I tell I, when, but here's what we, when we talk about the privilege, right. Ain't nobody had an internship waiting for me at the Lakers when I was in, right? <laughs> I'll leave it there. But you know what? I'll tell you what. In nine, ten years from now, if my daughter wants to work for the Lakers and I'm still with the Lakers, I'm going to do everything I can to hook her up and have her do that. Yeah. Because that's what other generations and other people, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm. So, so that's the kind of privilege now that I want to give my kids. Yeah. And, and I think that's what a lot of us in our generation now and that's my advice to them for them listening, you know, especially people of color um, to let's let's put ourselves in a position where now yeah. we can give our kids and their kids and kids and kids and kids the privileges that they deserve um, and, and put them on a plane on, on the same level playing field um, that we wish we could have been maybe when we were growing up. So big facts. That's a generational wealth. And honestly, that's what it makes me happy. Like to see Gianna's by stake in the Brewers, see Patrick Mahomes by stake in the Kansas City Royals, like get that generational wealth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. because 
I mean, Gianna's story is one of my favorites because he literally went from selling stuff in the streets and not being accepted by a culture that he grew up in to now being cherished mm-hmm. all around the world. And it's just like you have to you have to go through those 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 pains sometimes. And so yep. I hope that your daughter has a great season. I hope that the Thank South you. Bay Lakers <laughs> have a great season. I know you can't wait to start filling in and calling some games with Melo and Westbrook and all yeah. this. All these older guys on the court. They're close That'll, to your age now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, you know you're getting older, Lisa. Oh, you look at you. You're loving this. You know you're getting old when you start watching people's kids playing. Like Bo <laughs> Bichette? I remember Dante Bichette. What the? You know what I mean? It's like, what is going on? You're like, Guerrero Jr. I remember your dad. You know what I mean? So you're there too. So, so you're hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exactly. that close. Well, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Look, when Tim Duncan retired and Ginobili retired, I was like, "Damn, I don't even know the new guys. Like, yep. like who's in the That's league true. now? Like, what? That's true. Yeah. That's true. Can I share one quick thing, though, on this whole note? I think about my daughter. I, I did get to do a couple of uh, Sparks games, as you saw earlier in, mm-hmm. in the summertime. That was a lot of fun to yeah. do a couple of those and fill in for my, uh, my man, Hootie Bush, over at the Sparks. But then next week, here's a quick little plug. If people even get to hear this, uh, I was just invited. They're having their Noche Latina over at the Sparks. Oh, and really? they did this two years ago. And mm-hmm. they uh, hit me up last week. And they've asked if I can come in to do the starting lineups um, in Spanish uh, uh, for the Sparks game. And so, but what's even more exciting for me is that my daughters have never been to a Sparks game. And so they're going to give me tickets. And so they got really excited to know that dad's going out there. And, and so I love that. I love that yeah. they can go out there. And I'm not going to lie. I'm going to put it out there like probably 90% of men out there who won't admit it. How many times have I actually watched an entire WNBA game in the past 10 years? Like many of us, we, a lot of us just, us just you know, mm-hmm. we weren't putting, giving them the attention they deserve. Mm-hmm. Over the last year, I've done a much better job as a, as, as just as a, as, a, as a man, as a person to lean in to women's sports a lot more. I think mm-hmm. just like any other guy who were all guilty of, oh, Dodgers and Lakers and this and that. And we weren't, we we're flipping the channel through you know, a lot of for through women's sports and stuff like that. And so being that girl dad now, especially getting these these gigs, getting called by WNBA, I feel like that was someone kind of saying like, hey, you got to pay attention over here too. And that was really special for me. And now to bring them along and have them see perfect. They got really excited knowing they didn't care that I was going to do anything at the game. They were just excited <laughs> they were going to be at the game to watch the Sparks. <laughs> they don't care about everything else. To me, that was, that was, that's, that's good enough. So I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed for that opportunity. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. That That's awesome. I'm going to have to buy tickets to that game. And I will, I look, and I will also admit, you know, as a, as a show of solidarity, the reason I have love for the Sparks is because I interned for them and I was exposed firsthand. Like you said that, yep. wow, they really don't get, the recognition they deserve they really don't get the re- and like that made me like now I'm like I root for them like you know obviously like the orange sweater that Kobe had that went viral and I think that's what hurt the most too about Kobe and Gianna was yeah. you wanted Gianna to get to the WNBA because that would have just changed so much but now you you see the crossover you see you know them promoting each other better and NBA players showing love and I, yeah. I really do hope that continues and you know I appreciate you sharing your favorite quote earlier because that's that's key on this show but to close it out, because we're already, it's already like a minute, like over an hour and 11 minutes. But look, I know we've done two podcasts <laughs> in one. Well, before I let you go, since you already gave me your best quote, what is the best advice you've ever received? Say yes to everything. Say hmm. yes to everything. 
And I, I think that was the best advice. Sometimes you hesitate for some reason, <laughs> your laziness. That way you said yes to sports issues. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I said, eh, why not? You know, I'll, I'll throw one for the little guy. No, I'm oh, kidding. For sure. <laughs> I just had to throw my height in there. All right, yeah, I see. <laughs> I am, look, I, I am not going to expose the fact that you're from El Salvador. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I'm I, proud I up in here. I went there. I went there. whole I went ass there. woman up in here. See, see folks, that's, that's the sound. Right there, it is. I'm very aggressive. <laughs> it's a whole nother, whole nother ball game. So, um, but no, that's what say yes to everything. Yes. And it is so true. And that goes for anybody out there, any, any career, whatever it is saying. Yes. That's, that's where opportunity. sometimes you'll think, oh, I don't know if I should go to this thing. When I think about almost every time where I've doubted, even getting up and going to some event that someone invited me to, and I've been like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Oh, I'll go. And then I walk away going, Oh, you know what? I'm glad I went. I met someone there, I blah, 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 whatever it was. So that's my the best advice was say yes to everything. Saying yes to things you just don't know what's going to be. Now that could also be some of the worst advice you've ever received. But <laughs> but I think we all know what I mean by that. I think professionally, yeah. if you're invited to do things, opportunities come up. I think saying yes, I think is is a very powerful thing. It, it puts you out there, and you you know you never know what can come out of it. I agree with that. So there it is, guys. Again, I'm your host, Elisa Hernandez. You can follow me on Twitter at eHernandezTV and on Instagram at Hernandez underscore LA. Thank you again to Jason Baquero, one of the prominent voices here in LA. Keep an ear out for him. South Bay Lakers, LA Sparks, LA Lakers, and make sure you follow him at jboatman on Instagram, which I don't really get that. You need need to update that to something. (laughs) You You really don't get it? No! Okay. I'm trying look, I'm trying to close out the show and then I realize that your Instagram is Jay Boatman and I'm just right. like there's a reason oh. for that. So you just, see we're never gonna close this show out. <laughs> right where you thought you literally I'm like I'm like about to do like you know my whole like it's on Stitcher and Apple. It's like no, and then I'm like went there. Skirt! But you went there and leave it to me to to to, to fuck up your <laughs> your ending your close. But I'm sorry, I, listeners. I, yeah, sorry. Y'all, y'all, y'all just gonna stay on here for the rest of the day. Yeah, exactly. Look, so barquero is a boatman in Spanish. So that's what it means. Oh, you boatman. did like the literal thing. Barquero, Bo- yes, barquero is, is barquero is, is a boatman. Un barco, un barquero is it's, it's barquero. a So barquero is a boatman. And when I was in Got college, him. that was the nickname that someone gave to me. And that was my radio name, Jay Boatman. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jay Boatman when I was at Cerritos. Wow, it was a Jay Boatman just to be stupid. And, and so that's why I stuck with that. So there See, you go. See, Elisa Hernandez don't translate to Elisa Hernandez is an original one of a kind. There's only <laughs> one of me. Well, <laughs> according, according to Google. What, what you, you know, we're going to close out the show one. now. So again, thank you to everyone for listening to this long-ass close and listening to Sportsage and streaming it on Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify here on the Believe Network. Make sure you subscribe, show us love, and stay tuned next week because there will be a new episode once again every Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.